everyone, and welcome to Medium Cool, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Austin Glidden, and as always, you can find us on social media, Medium Cool Pod, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That is medium, facebook.com backslash Medium Cool Pod. You can search Medium Cool Pod on Instagram, and we'll pop up, and at Medium Cool Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at mediumcoolpod at gmail.com. Also, like, subscribe, follow, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, we would appreciate any of the things, so you know, leave a rating, a review, whatever you feel, we appreciate it. Uh, that said, today is dedicated to Top Gun, where we're going to be talking about the original Top Gun, which uh, I don't remember if I have actually ever seen from beginning to end without it just being on like TV and me just kind of casually watching it. Like I don't think I've actually ever sat down and watched Top Gun on purpose. <laughs> so um, this was a fun time. Uh, so I watched Top Gun. I can for sure say I've done it now. And then uh, Joe and I separately, uh, we saw um, Top Gun Maverick last week, and we decided to do a, you know, kind of a two-part Top Gun thing. We're going to talk about Top Gun from 1986, and then we're going to talk about Maverick that came out this year, just a little over a week ago. So uh, it should be a fun time. Before I get there, however, I am going to talk about the film that is in theaters currently called uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. This is a movie I talked about you know, planning to talk about for this episode. I talked about it last week, kind of set that up. And uh, so I'll be talking about that movie as well. Um, and it should be pretty fun. Actually, why don't we just cut to the chase? I'm going to talk about that movie right now. Uh, stick around. I'm going to talk about this movie and then I will get in there with Joe. and We'll talk about Top Gun. Everything, everywhere, all at once from 2022. It's written and directed by the Daniels, as they call them. Daniel Kwan and Daniel, what is it, uh, Sh uh, Shinart? Shinart? It doesn't matter. The Daniels. That's what I'm going to call them. Uh, they previously did a film that I actually did not get around to seeing the year it came out called Swiss Army Man. It's been recommended to me many times. It just did not make the cut that year. I just had a lot to watch. Uh, so it's one I want to go back and revisit, especially after seeing everything, everywhere, all at once. The cast in this film is Michelle uh, Yeoh, uh, Stephanie Hsu, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Ki Kwan, and James Hong. It's uh, released. It was released March 25th, 2022. I believe April 8th or something was the full wide release, but it was released in the U.S. March 25th. It is in select theaters currently, I believe, still. And uh, definitely, definitely look for this as it comes on streaming services. Or if it's in a theater near you, it is worth the ticket price. It's about an aging Chinese immigrant uh, who is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save what's important to her by connecting with the lives she could have led in other universes. This, of course, deals with the idea, <clears throat> as I understand it, of like string theory or not, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's it, and and just how, like, every decision you make shoots off all of these other, you know, strands of, of other dimensions on what could have been, right, um, and so, uh, basically every choice that this uh, Chinese woman makes with her family and her personal life, all these major decisions she's made, as well as even smaller decisions, uh, create these other universes, and these other universes, she basically is able to connect with these other universes, uh, in order to uh, essentially defeat a big bad, maybe? Uh, I don't really know how to talk about that without spoiling anything, so I'm going to leave it at that. And the first thing I want to talk about whenever I talk about everything, everywhere, all at once, is I, I want to talk about Michelle Yeoh. 
I think Michelle Yeoh is so fantastic. Uh, you would know her from many, many movies. I'm going to pull up her IMDb here uh, just to give you a few titles here. She was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is probably most notable. It's the one that I knew from the beginning, but uh, I mean, she was in uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, the uh, Pierce Brosnan 007 movie, Crazy Rich Asian, Asians, Asians, Asians. Uh, she was in, um, let's see, Fearless. If you know that one, she was in Sunshine. Um, all, dude, all, I'm like looking at this list and there's just so much stuff I could name. Um, but I'm gonna, I guess, leave it at that, maybe? I don't know. She's gonna be in some Avatar movies, and, dude, she's just kind of everywhere, and after Crouching Tiger, I feel like she just really kind of blew up internationally and was in all kinds of stuff. Uh, she's really great, but in this movie, uh, she is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I really love Michelle Yeoh here, and and part of part of Michelle Yeoh's uh, performance being great is also in part due to the to the uh, to the young Stephanie Hsu, who is an up and comer for sure, uh, and she is awesome in this as well, and kind of their their relationship and their chemistry in this film. Of course, Michelle Yeoh plays the aging uh, immigrant woman who kind of is a business owner. She owns a laundromat. And uh, she and her husband, uh, Ki Kwan, is, uh, who is obviously from you know the Goonies and, and uh, Temple of Doom and stuff like that. And, uh, but now he's all grown up, and he is uh, really awesome in this as well. I mean, if you can't tell, the cast at large is just does this great. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. But uh, it's really great to see this family unit, Michelle uh, Yeoh, Stephanie Hsu, and Ki Kwan as, as like the, the uh, mother, daughter, and father, respectively. And uh, the father is, you know, uh, Ki Kwan's character is, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Let me look it up real quick. I have it right here. I have it right here. Um, his name is uh, Waymond. That's right. Uh, <laughs> which is just such a funny name to me because it's like, I don't know. It's It sounds like a joke a bit, like it's Raymond, but like someone who says a W instead of an R. Um, but anyways, uh, uh, Waymond is... Uh, <laughs> Um, really great. He he's just extremely passive, so uh, everything he does, even to people who, uh, you know, uh, Michelle Yeoh's Evelyn, um, you know, the people that she sees as doing them wrong, uh, Waymond is is one of those guys that uh, will like take them cookies and try to like befriend them and talk to them and be kind to them and kind of kill them with kindness, right? Because he's a uh, he's just like a very passive, super sweet guy. And Michelle Yeoh is constantly stressed out. Uh, she's, you know, uh, I mean, she's kind of rude uh, and and kind of mean to her daughter, uh, Joy, again, played by Stephanie Hsu. And uh, Joy is just, you know, a standard young adult. Uh, and, and you have these cultural differences because, of course, Evelyn and Wayman have the... Uh, Chinese culture and that kind of heritage and and that upbringing, whereas Joy is American and she is, I mean, she's kind of in tune with her Chinese heritage and that culture, uh, but throughout the like, especially in the beginning, you know, there's a point where her grandfather, played by J the great James Hong, uh, basically says like, "Your Chinese has gotten worse since the last time I talked to you," and and it kind of also ties into uh, Joy's kind of uh, loosening. Uh, grip of that heritage, right? She's she's kind of, it's not just her wanting to lose it, it's her distancing herself from it, and by proxy, uh, distancing herself from Evelyn and uh, Wayman to a degree. So 
You have this really interesting uh, family dynamic. As I said, James Hong plays uh, Evelyn's father. Uh, Hong goes by Gong Gong in the movie. <laughs> so Gong Gong is uh, Evelyn's father. And uh, he's great. He, he is your typical, um, you know, kind of really strict old school Chinese dude, right? And he's just like kind of gets, he's like bossing people around. He's like, where's my breakfast? You know, and he's just like yelling. Um, but he's great. And then just to touch on uh, a couple more real quick uh, when while I'm talking about uh, uh, characters and, and, and performances here, Jamie Lee Curtis plays Deirdre and she's this uh, IRS agent who's doing an audit on the uh, laundromat that Evelyn and Waymond own. And Jamie Lee Curtis is fantastic here, too. Holy crap. Um, and I'm going to talk about specifically why these people are great. But I'm trying. I'm intentionally kind of staying away from that right now. I'm talking a bit more shallow here. Uh, but uh, Curtis plays Deirdre. Deirdre is, uh, you know, you're, she's just a no-nonsense, just kind of like, hey, are you listening to me? We're doing an audit here. You know, but then at the same time, she underneath that hard exterior, she just has a heart. Right. And and it's funny because Wayman can get to that heart and Evelyn just pisses off Deirdre all the time. So, <laughs> so it's like uh, there's a really good dynamic there when they're on the screen together. And then as a very, very side character, uh, Jenny Slate is in this movie, which is bizarre. And she's just known as Dog Mom because she just has this dog. But I actually really love all of her scenes. I, when I saw her in this, I was like, oh, are they going that kind of humor? Because I thought they were going to almost change the comedy that was at work here. Um, but instead, Jenny Slate actually did really, really well. So I'm bringing up the cast first because I just want to say that the way that this cast works together... And the, and the way that the plot, which I'll get into in a moment, uh, kind of vaguely, but um, the way that the plot works just makes all of these people shine. So uh, as I mentioned in kind of the synopsis, basically the premise of this film is that there are other dimensions, and there is one dimension in particular, called, I think they just call it the alpha dimension or something, but there's this, um, uh, this one dimension in particular that has... As alternate kind of doppelgangers of our protagonist that we see, uh, they created a way to travel through dimensions, uh, basically allowing their spirits, so to speak, or whatever you want to call it, to leave that dimension and go into their doppelgangers in another dimension. So what happens is you have Waymond and a, his, doppel, his alpha doppelganger, right, comes in and he's like a master martial artist. So he goes from the super passive... Uh, like really, you know, chill, kind, you know, always trying to please everyone to just kicking everyone's fucking ass. And it's, it's funny cause you know, he's just like a nerd, <laughs> you know what I mean? But he beats the shit out of everyone with just like a fanny pack. You know what I mean? Like it's, and it's almost like, uh, it's not as good as Jackie Chan. Don't get me wrong, but it's almost that way where he takes like throughout the movie, they take these generic kind of objects and turn them into weapons the way that Jackie Chan could. Again, Jackie Chan's just a legend and a master at that. But uh, yeah, you, you get a little bit of that here. And so uh, as we see Jamie Lee Curtis, Ki Kwan, Stephanie Hsu, Michelle Yeoh, and even Jenny Slate to a little degree, and James Hong, all the people I've talked about, those six, um, but especially the five main players, when people are jumping from dimension, their whole demeanor changes. 
And so, you know, you're all you're ultimately getting like kind of multiple performances by these people. And I just find them I just found it really clever, really impressive. Um, there's almost with the dimensional thing, there's almost like this matrix vibe to it, you know, where it's like the people that are in the matrix versus the people that aren't, you know? Um, so anyways, uh, the cast is great. The way that the characters and everything flow, uh, together is great. The way they are performed is great. I can't talk highly enough about that part of it. Okay. But, you know, with a film that is about dimensional, uh, like interdimensional conflict and all of that stuff you know it does get convoluted but never to a degree that counts negatively on the film if that makes sense um I, I felt like this was a movie like i said not unlike the matrix which when the matrix came out of it confused the fuck out of a lot of people it wasn't just some easy thing to understand my mom didn't understand what the fuck was going on and i knew other people that didn't know the extent they just understood oh you're in this thing and you don't know it and then you're out of this thing and you're woke right like those are like the two things but there's a lot to how the matrix works and things and uh, it was really convoluted for people then. I feel like you can watch it now, and it, it, we're just used to more complex narratives and and ideas, so it's a little easier to follow. And we get that here. I feel like this is, uh, I won't say an advanced version of The Matrix by any means. I think The Matrix is certainly more complex, but I love the way that they work with these little ideas of the dimensions. And uh, how, uh, you know, Evelyn will uh, imagine herself knowing martial arts and then uh, she'll have to do some random thing like Ki Kwan, for example, whenever he beats people up with the with his uh, fanny pack, he, ha he eats like an entire thing of um, uh, uh, chapstick like he makes the whole thing come out and he just eats it and starts chewing it like bubblegum. And it's like they have to do these weird things or at one point um, uh, Evelyn has to uh, like blow in someone's nose or or um, peer pants right like there's just like these super weird like comical things because at its core this film is an absurdist comedy it just has a whole lot of fucking heart as well there's a really funny moment I'll speak vaguely you see it coming a mile away the first time you see these uh these um weak trophies but there are these trophies and on top I swear to god they have butt, just straight up butt plugs on them like 100%, but like they're made to look like trophies, but they're straight up butt plugs. Like, like, like the the prop master bought butt plugs and put them on trophy bases. Like that's what it looks like. And there's a point where, where Evelyn is fighting these guys and they need to trigger new skills. And the way you do that, like I said, is there's like a weird task you have to perform and then you have to imagine it. And then you have these like kind of Bluetooth earpieces basically that turn green. And once you hit them, you absorb kind of like these skills uh, from another doppelganger of yours in a different dimension. If this sounds complicated, it's it's really not when you're watching it at all. It is a little complicated because I'm just like going for it right now uh, to talk about it. But so anyways, these guys are trying to figure it out. And it's so funny because they pause. And every, all the characters that are in the room at the time just straight up look at that like butt plug trophy. And this guy does everything he can to throw his ass on top of this trophy. But Evelyn knows what he's doing. So she keeps moving the trophy out of the way as he just kind of like plops down on a table. And, you know, and, and you know the weird thing that he, like, quote unquote weird. But, you know, the weird thing that he has to do in order to get these powers is to basically put this butt plug trophy in his butt. And uh, it's just a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre movie. 
And so, you know, not only do you have this great cast, uh, not only of characters, but also the performances being great. You have this uh, just kind of uh, fascinatingly bizarre, absurdist comedy, uh, you know, movie. Man, there is something to even the way that they choreograph fight scenes, for example. I mean, this feels like a legit martial arts movie, too. You know, um, but it also has some uh, really interesting ideas of Evelyn finding out these different dimensions of what her life could have been by seeing these other dimensions. You know, she made choice A, but then she now gets to see choice B that, you know, she was a famous opera singer or she was a martial arts expert who became a movie star or whatever. And then there are these other things where Evelyn never got with with Waymond. And so, you know, she sees parts of herself where where she meets Waymond at an event. And the entire scene with her and Waymond in this specific dimension is straight out of In the Mood for Love, the Wong Kar Wai movie. I mean, the way the the choppy slow motion that Wong Kar Wai is is like known for, like his signature thing. And you have like the uh, uh, Waymond looks straight up. Uh, like the dude from In the Mood for Love with the way his hair is, the suit he's wearing, the way he's smoking a cigarette, his glasses. I mean, everything about this is In the Mood for Love, right? So you can see the filmmakers playing with their love of cinema as well. And I thought that worked really well. And then there's even like weird dimensions where literally it's just like Evelyn and everybody in this dimension just has hot dogs for fingers. Why? Like, Why? But it never felt stupid to me. And this is kind of the key of the, of the entire film, is this shit should be stupid, okay? <laughs> this should be dumb. You know, when I first saw the trailer to this, it immediately reminded me of something like Kung Fu Hustle, or one of those sorts of movies, uh, if you guys remember those from the 2000s. But this is not that. This is actually like, I would argue in many ways, this is like high art with like strong surface entertainment. You know, like it's just a fun movie to watch. But man, whenever you actually get down to it, this is a movie where all of the dimensional aspects of it and all of this martial arts stuff and the superhuman stuff that happens in it, all the wacky and wild stuff, it all really, in the end, is about what is happening in Evelyn's heart. And what the family's going through. It's all a representation or a metaphor, for the, for the most part, on what is going on in their lives. And what these characters are able to learn and not learn through the process of jumping, not jumping through dimensions, but, you know, messing with these dimensions and having this weird dimensional travel and, and all of this bizarre stuff in this story ties into something extremely heartfelt um, I teared up like three, four times. Um, uh, this is a, a very effective movie. So you have the heart, you know, the emotion, uh, all of that pathos just right there on the surface, uh, especially as the film goes on. Uh, you have all of these awesome action sequences that are so fun. You have all this dimensional stuff that is just wacky and silly. I laughed out loud a few times, uh, which, like I've said before, doesn't happen that often with a lot of newer movies. I don't. I find them amusing, but I don't find myself laughing out loud at a lot of things anymore. And th this movie had me laughing at a few. Th the butt plug statue thing was again so predictable. It's the first time you saw the trophy or whatever. 
you're like, someone's going to try to put that in their butt. <laughs> so then later, whenever they put it, when they're trying to put it in their butt, it's like super funny to me because it just worked, especially what happens after that, which I won't ruin um, because it, it is very funny. But I just, I just found, uh, oh, there's a scene where um, a character uh, beats the shit out of some security guards with these long dildos and it's like why and i like describing these things what i fear is that people are going to look at this and they're going to think it's just some like like 2022 version of a fairly brothers comedy like dumb and dumber or something it's not this is a really special movie that finds the balance between absurdist comedy and truly heartfelt uh like cinema and like martial arts kind of action like this weird sci-fi triple uh, hitter you know I mean it just hits on all cylinders I never once found this movie hard to follow uh, I never once found this movie boring oh my god is this movie captivating like th there was never a moment where I couldn't have that I could have been bored you know I mean there's always something going on constantly 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 keeping my attention I really appreciated that but it doesn't do it in some like super fast-paced way that is meaningless like it's still doing it right as I perceive it just doing it right uh, I'm very very impressed with this movie uh, I think I think uh, everything everywhere all at once uh, currently in this moment it is my favorite film of the year I don't foresee it being there at the end um, but it might be on my top 10 uh, this movie is just one of those random movies that you see where you don't have high expectations or at least I didn't even though a lot of people were gushing about it, but that happens with a lot of movies I'm not a huge fan of. And then it just surprised me. You know, there are even scenes that are super, super meaningful and heartfelt, and it had cut, like, to different dimensions to kind of show you these different things to make a point, like these different scenes almost. And it's like one will be hot dog fingers, right? Or, like, one will be some other stupid, like, some dumb thing or whatever, um, but mixed with also meaningful things, right? Um, and there, there's even a scene uh, where the main character starts like fighting people with a googly eye in the center of her head, like a third eye. You know what I mean? And it's just like these silly things. Like, why is this funny? There's a point where Gong Gong, the, uh, the, the grandfather, uh, just like somehow builds like a mech suit literally out of nowhere instantly. Like there's no time to really do this. But he builds like a fucking mech suit out of like printers and stuff, like really generic things. Because he's in a wheelchair uh, being, you know, moved around. So then he's in like this weird mech. And it's just like, what in the fuck is happening? Like, what is going on? And there is that quality to it. It's just like such a wild thing that you're just like almost baffled by it. If it, if it doesn't sound like it or if it does, I'm gushing over this. I think this movie is fucking great. Um, like I said, it makes me want to go see Swiss Army Man even more. I cannot even come close to imagining it being as good as this. But I have heard a lot of people tell me it's awesome. Uh, I definitely plan to check that out. Uh, if you get a chance, please do yourself a favor. Look this one up. Go see it if it's anywhere near you. If not, as soon as it comes out on streaming, keep an eye on this thing, okay? Everything, everywhere, all at once. If you want to see one of, the one of the year's best films, at the very least to date, this is the one that you want to watch. I think it's really great. I gave this a four and a half out of five. Um, about as perfect as you're going to get for me <laughs> these days. It, it seems it takes a really rare film to get a five from me. 
And uh, this movie is close. It really is. Uh, so definitely go check out Everything Everywhere All at Once. Again, I gave this a four and a half out of five. If you agree or disagree and have seen it, please, by all means, hit me up on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MediumCoolPod. You can also email us at MediumCoolPod at gmail.com. Also, if you want, if you haven't seen this yet, but you've seen Swiss Army Man and you want to pitch that to me, again, I'm going to watch it at some point, but I would love to hear your thoughts on that as well. And especially if you've seen both films, let me know how those compare to each other. I would love to hear more about that but like i said please 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 go check out everything everywhere all at once very fun i will be right back with joe we're going to talk about top gun all right everyone i have joe shearer with me finally <laughs> it's been too long joe it's been eons yes yeah i'm it's glad been too to long. be back I'm glad you're back, too. Uh, but I had to bring you back for this because we've been talking about this. I think Top Gun was supposed to come out last year, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So we've been talking about this since its original release date. But uh, today we're going to be talking, uh, as I've already said, about Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. Um, and uh, Top Gun is from 1986, directed by the late Tony Scott, written by Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr., inspired, I didn't know this, by a magazine article by oh god i can't say um i'm just gonna say eud yune i'm just gonna say that I, if i fucked up that name everyone can forgive me um but it was from the california magazine basically wow. i didn't know that so um the cast is uh if you don't know this uh, where have you been but it's uh, tom cruise anthony edwards kelly mcgillis uh, val kilmer michael ironside who's always just just great just standing there awesome. it doesn't matter tom scarrett meg ryan um it was released May 16th, 1986 as wide release. It cost $15 million to make, and it made a whopping 357.3 million bones, dude. Massive success. There's a reason this movie is still talked about as yeah. kind of a pop hit. Um, it was a massive thing. It is streaming on Amazon Prime right now. And, uh, you know, for, for Lieutenant Pete Maverick Mitchell and his friend and co-pilot Nick Goose Bradshaw, Great names, by the way. Yes. Being accepted into an elite training school for fighter pilots is a dream come true, but a tragedy as well as personal demons will threaten Pete's dreams of becoming an ace pilot. Now, Joe, having grown up in the 80s mm -hmm. uh, when films like Top Gun reigned, okay, and I, I, I was born in the 80s, so I, I was at the very tail end of the 80s kind of consciously watching stuff, but not this. So I'm going to ask you this question because... Um, you know, this has to be some level of nostalgia for you on a personal level. Yeah. And I don't really care to ask whether you like it or not or whether it's good or not. We'll get there. Sure. But what I want to ask is basically this movie is nostalgia for people. So what does that nostalgia look like for you or am I mistaken? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It is. It is absolutely a, a kind of a nostalgic movie. Um, it, it really is. You know, Tom Cruise had been in a lot of movies before this before Top Gun, but it was really the thing that drove his career to the next level. You know, it was like Risky Business was kind of like the introduction for him. Um, you know, not, you know, not, not literally maybe, but it was, um, you know, it was kind of like his high profile coming out. And then this movie kind of rocketed him into the stratosphere, into that next level, like the megastar level. Um, it, yeah, and it's funny, like you think of that cast in, in Top Gun, it's, that's such a good cast. And, and, and yeah. a mix of movie stars and, character actors and 
you know, people like Michael Ironside that you mentioned that kind of have this, you know, they're the, this, that guys, you know, that kind of are, are in everything. Um, kind of just make movies better by their very presence. And certainly it's the case with him too. But um, yeah, it's, it's funny watching that, watching this movie, you can see the, um, and, and I, and I actually read an article about this um, today or, or maybe it was yesterday, but um, where they talked about kind of how this movie came about and how it, it was they sort of just recorded the um the actors in in the plane cockpit and because they had the masks over their face they didn't have to record dialogue so they sort of wrote the story around those those scenes you know they basically were like let's see what we can get with the planes and then we'll just kind of like shape the story around this what we get you know which is which is it kind of yeah. if you if you watch it with that you know i i was i've seen this movie so many times that it, it was, I was like, that makes perfect sense because there's times when the story feels pretty disconnected and scattershot. And even the climax of this movie where it's just like, all of a sudden, you know, they've, they've been in school this whole time. It's like, all of a sudden they're doing this very weird, very random mission. And you're like, wait, what, what's even happening here? Dude, and they're just like, wait, hold on. Somebody. That is, I don't mean, if you have more to say, please do. But I have uh, to say, we have to talk about that. We can put yeah. a pin in that. Yeah. But that's one thing I had in my notes too. It's like the fuck mission is this? I felt like they just were on a mission. I like yeah. I hadn't I didn't even register it until they were actually shooting shit. And by the way, listeners, uh, heads up, I don't give a fuck about spoiling this movie. So if you haven't seen it, it's on you. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're gonna talk about this, this one openly, Joe. Movie, like, yeah, know, Maverick, different story, but this one I don't care. So go yeah. for it. And, and and honestly, it doesn't even matter because it's like what actually happens in the movie is pointless anyway. It's just like it's right? all about like muscular dudes with bodies glistening kissing women you know like being cool it's like that's what this movie is like they're hot shot fighter pilots and like we don't even give a shit what they're actually doing they're just okay they're <laughs> flying in planes cool this is what i want they're flying in planes and they're saying witty shit it's like all right this is all we need so yeah it it yeah so it's like that's basically what this movie is and you know yeah there you know there's that the one scene that the one scene that always that got me that was weird thinking about it in any kind of real world world context is when he go when Maverick goes to, to Charlie's house for their date. And like, you know, this is like right after the volleyball scene and he's like, yep. Hey, I need to take a shower. <laughs> and she's like, he came to a date like post beach volleyball and he's going to take a shower. Like you couldn't even bother to take a shower before you came to my house on, that's on such date. a weird thing yeah it's a first date too so it's like yes th this is like such a bizarre thing and she yeah. says no right i'm pretty sure like, yeah she does and he's like i'm doing it anyway i know it's so weird see I, the, the thing for me with this movie is um i i watched it with someone who had a lot of nostalgia for this because their their father was in the navy yeah. so he grew up watching this movie a lot mm-hmm but I have no nostalgia for this. Yeah. I was born in 1985. I was one when this came out. And of course, it was hugely popular when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. I always knew about it. I saw tons of scenes from it, watched it on TV huh? uh, off and on. I don't know if I ever actually watched it from beginning to end uh, on television, but I, I saw kind of the whole movie. But that was when I was a kid. So I hadn't watched this in over 20 years. Easily, easily possible, dude. Yes. It, I'm 37, so it could have been 30 years. Okay, I mean, it's been a long time since I watched uh, any of this to any uh -huh. extent. Um, so I watched it. I kind of consider it for the first time from beginning to end. 
this last week to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, dude, I, I really got to say, I actually thought this movie was really terrible. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it's so but terrible. I, yeah. I still had a lot of fun with it. Don't get me wrong. It, it's yeah. uh, like we just laughed pretty much the whole time, but mm-hmm. I was never laughing with the film. I was laughing rather at its expense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I was, I felt like I was just laughing at the movie the whole time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause oh, yeah. dude, and I'm curious what you think of this. Cause this movie is cringy as fuck to me, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> because I'm like watching it and it, it would make me uncomfortable and embarrassed sometimes. <laughs> like, um, for example, whenever Maverick and Goose are singing at the bar, uh, Great Balls of Fire or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and Goose is playing the piano and it's supposed to be so cool. Like, because yeah. they're just like hanging out and having a good time. And I also know that like in the movie, it's supposed to show the viewer their bond and them uh-huh. having a good time together. And it introduces Meg Ryan and yeah. and the, the two uh, love interests get to meet each other and talk about Maverick. And mm-hmm. and I, I understand all that, but it's just really embarrassing to me uh, because when they're singing, I just remember looking over to my buddy and going, I think they think they're cool. And yeah. I feel embarrassed for them. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. do you get yes. that? do you get that oh yeah absolutely yeah 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 so so i the last time i watched top gun was last year you know our our annual film festival with my friends you know our our friends um nick evan sam uh we've talked about them a million times um but we watched this last year in, in anticipation of maverick coming out last year when it did not come out um and yeah yeah that the yeah and pretty much everything is just like you yeah in a way you kind of feel bad for them but also you don't because they kind of just come off as douchebags yeah you know, yeah who are, like who are completely cocky and arrogant and uh you know and and almost you know with goose you feel uh, i actually have a, a little different thing with goose because he's so kind of inherently nerdy um that he's sort of like only like tom cruise at the time was like the coolest thing there was you know yeah and you know at least to the masses and his goose was very nerdy like he was but, the comic relief type yeah goose and, was and, kind of like the the nerd in the frat house though do you get yeah. what i'm saying because yeah. like because like Iceman or someone make fun of him and go oh, 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 right and he'd like laugh at him stupid like making fun of them yeah you know I- <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah and uh, yeah so he was he was like cool like legit cool just by proxy because tom cruise was the cool one he was yeah he was the sidekick and yeah like you said and people just re- didn't really regard him even um in the context of the film but because he was you know maverick's buddy he was he was in and so he could act stupid you know and, and do things like you know play the piano in a bar <laughs> you know so it's like you know and, and just sing badly and you know and have everybody like oh yeah you're cool but you know he whatever he yeah. pulled Meg Ryan in her prime, so it was. Like I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what else is interesting though about what you're talking about in terms of like how these guys are actually like looking back on them, uh-huh. how they're actually not that cool. Yeah, is like Maverick is also. I would argue is like the bad guy in this movie. <laughs> he is, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. Iceman is like the good guy, albeit arrogant. Right, but like Maverick, he did like everything he does is unsafe. Uh-huh. Which I know at the time that could have been like a really cool thing because he's like devil may care, blah, blah, blah. Right. But like everything he did was ter- like put people's lives in danger. Yeah. And uh, he like broke rules constantly, which I understand rule breaking can like be 
like, I don't know, seen as like a cool thing. But the way he did it was like, again, kind of dangerous. And it's just like, like, why are you doing this? Um, But then like Iceman would say shit to him. And I found myself just sitting there going like, yeah, dude, listen to ice. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this stupid shit? Whether it's just doing flybys and causing sonic booms to make people pissed off or or just like, you know, going below the what is it called? The uh, the top shelf or whatever the fuck that's called where they can't go below. Uh I don't remember what it's called, but um yeah, anyways yeah. uh what, whatever the whatever deck, altitude the, there's the top deck or whatever yeah I top mean, deck i believe yeah. is what it's called something yeah. like that the point is whatever that deck is that limit yeah uh you know going below that and and things like that just um uh it's i don't know it's interesting and and goose seems just like he like trusts him so much to an ignorant degree yes <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. the only reason that maverick makes it out of any of this shit alive is pure luck yeah. Like, I mean, he is skilled, don't get me wrong, but it's like the cards lay perfectly for you to be able to pull off the stupid shit because you shouldn't really be alive for half of this. Um, and so I, I just found it really yeah. interesting that, you know, of course, whenever when the tragedy hits, which we can talk about, uh, you know, uh, Maverick does kind of have a change, but then by the end, he kind of like goes back. Um, but I, I, I act like that doesn't happen yeah. um, because yeah. I actually... I actually right. like it when Maverick is kind of humbled a bit. Um uh-huh. and it yeah. comes like much later in the movie unfortunately, but uh but it's good. Um uh, but uh, tell me this. Um there are a couple of things that I actually really like about this. I'm curious what you have to say. You can talk about what I just said or or what I'm about to say here. But uh the soundtrack is ridiculous in the most 80s way possible. Uh-huh. I was into it, okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm curious what you think of that. Yes. And then we we have to talk about after you respond to the soundtrack, then we got to talk about these dog fights at the end. OK. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Because those are actually really cool. These are two things I like about the movie. Yeah. Um. So soundtrack wise, what was this like? Yeah. Because I know that like whenever the movie came out, mm-hmm. these songs like Highway to the Danger Zone and, right. and stuff like that were just like big shit. Right? I grew up hearing these on the radio and stuff like I remember this. You yeah. were older than me a little bit, though. So, I mean, what was what was it? Was this cool to you? Is it still cool to you? I think it's yeah. cool in a uh-huh. like I said, the most 80s way possible. Yeah. Um, but also, like, what was it like seeing this movie then? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So let me say this. First of all, like Danger Zone was the coolest song on the radio um, in, in 86. And it's funny because obviously that, I mean, that song is still, you know, you could still hear that song a lot today. It's still played widely. That song is like, like how many words are in that song? Like, I think the verses are like two lines, three lines. And then it's like the the chorus. And and I think there's only two verses. Like it's so short. I, I actually listened to it relatively recently and that hit me. I was like, this song is just all, it's all fluff. It's like, you know the the hook obviously is 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 very cool you know it's just like you know it's just like here it is and it just it's repetitive and then it's just but that's how the lyrics are it's like yeah it's like line line chorus and then it's like yeah verse two and then it's like well it's like cool music cool music line line verse you know, chorus and then it's like that's the end of the song it's like okay <laughs> but but yeah it's i mean cool. i'm looking at the lyrics now and the the major changes are between 
mm-hmm. him singing Highway to the Danger Zone. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it'd be like, like, so it's like revving up your engine, listening uh-huh. to her howl and roar, metal under tension, begging you to touch and go. Right. Highway <laughs> to, and it just like kicks in. But like, that's how short, like you were yeah. saying, the verses are. They're, yeah, that, they're four sentences. Verse. Yeah. The stanzas are short. But then the biggest changes, which are really just repeated lines back and forth, is Highway to the Danger Zone, going to take it right into the danger zone. Uh-huh. Highway to the Danger Zone, ride into the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> this song definitely gets the Guinness Book of World Records for most use of danger zone in a song, yeah. yes. for sure. Um, and yeah. I keep calling it Highway to the Danger Zone. It's just called Danger it's Zone called by danger Kenny zone. Loggins. But anyways, yeah. um, it, it's a fun song. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's that. Yeah. It, it is fun in that, you know, it's, it's so eighties because it's like, it's just, it's fluffy and it's like cool, you know, cool music. And it's like, just the, the song, like, it's not even about anything. It's just about like a feeling. Right. So it's like, yeah. okay, that's cool. You know, but, but then you go to, you know, to Berlin's hit, take my breath away, which is just, you know, the, the sweeping love ballad, you know, that's, you know it's it's cheesy as hell but again it's fun to just to hear it and by the way i've i've like been trying to fit this in i might as well fit it here because this is when the song comes in is during the love scene between yeah. maverick and charlie there may that may be the worst kissing in the history of cinema dude you at, you stole my point one point tom cruise right tom cruise at one point like licks the inside of her open mouth and i'm like <laughs> They're not even <laughs> kissing. Like he just licks at her, like licks into the space inside of her mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a dog when you're kissing and then you start talking and it licks the roof of your mouth. You're like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. That's Tom Cruise right yeah. here. And 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 again, um, you know the the article I read. I I wish I I think it's a I, th- I think I saw it on my phone. Maybe I can like pull it up and we can link to it or something. But um, they talk about the, the basically the producers talking about how. They they almost fired Tony Scott halfway through because the volleyball scene took a full day to film and they were pissed and um, but they talked about like the love story of the movie like they amped it up because at one of the test screenings some people were like I wish the love story was better and so they're like oh so we added two scenes with you know with Charlie and Maverick and that's and then the and the love scene was like a reshoot also so it was like okay but. Um, yeah, but it was it was very weird, and that and that whole the whole sex scene is just like it's lit in a weird way, and it's sort of like a strange angle where they're like laying down, but it doesn't look like they're laying down, and it's yeah, weird, very blue. I don't know. It's just it's just strange, but um, but yeah, that's it's all the so the soundtrack was super you know super cool back in the day, super cheesy, um, but this was the day you know the times when it was like every. Well, this was kind of the beginning, I guess, of every movie having this soundtrack featuring songs by, you know, artists who were already well known, you know, and, and Kenny Loggins had already done, um, uh, you know, like he did the, uh, you know, I'm all right from Caddyshack. And he, you know, so he had, he, he already was kind of a movie yeah. soundtrack maestro, I guess, at that point. But, um, you know, that, that was kind of those early days of featuring this soundtrack you can buy with the, the movie poster on it, you know, and it was. So it's it's sort of the one of the some of like the almost the prototypical example of of the '80s movie, you know, the, the '80s blockbuster yeah. where you know yeah. we're going to squeeze every dime out of this we can. So 
buy the album and buy the book and buy the you know and go see the movie and you know they you know i guess there wasn't a lot of merchandise comparatively speaking but you know yeah why no this is by the way why weren't there like (laughs) why weren't there like toy jets and stuff because i had the i had the gi joe sky striker years before that and that seems like it would have been a here get here's maverick and goose's jet you know and it's like that would have been a cool toy to have yep they they fucked up dude yeah they totally did no, they, uh, yeah, this, this, oh man, this movie's so weird. I, I still want to get to the dog fights, but I do, I want to say this first because you brought up Tony Scott, yeah. um, almost getting fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, this is the brother of Ridley Scott. Uh, both of them were hugely successful. Tony Scott directed a few things I want to bring up, and I, I'm bringing this all up for a reason. Uh, he did The Hunger, which had David Bowie, which is also on my, I'm doing an 80s, um, uh, movie marathon, everybody. So that's on there. Yeah. Uh, Top Gun. He did Beverly Hills Cop 2. Um, he did uh, Days of Thunder, which I forgot he did that also. He did uh, The Last Boy Scout True Romance, which was written by uh, Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Enemy of the State, uh, Spy Game, Man on Fire, Domino, which was an action movie, Unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, the remake of Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3, which is terrible. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but I, you know, uh, True Romance was always my favorite, but I always had like a a uh bias toward tarantino at that time because uh-huh. he was like a really early he was a big help in me learning about film i guess yeah, uh absolutely. and so uh true romance was always good but i bring this up because uh tony scott in 2012 actually committed suicide uh he jumped off the vincent thomas bridge in san pedro california wow and uh, i remember when this happened i was in college and uh, uh i just remember being so like bummed out and it's not even that i like his movies that much it was just like mm-hmm. fuck man that's like a bummer like yeah. something was going on in your life that made you do this thing yeah. you know what i'm saying i, I didn't I realize know. he committed suicide i knew he passed away but i didn't know he, i didn't know he committed suicide that's that is yeah crazy. yep yep he 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 uh jumped off a bridge it was like big news at the time of course and i just remember uh all of that and what what a, what a big name what what uh what a uh, I don't want to say use the word legacy. That's too much, but kind of like what a stamp this yeah. guy kind of put on some stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, he also is responsible partially, of course, because you know the pilots did a good job. Yeah. But uh, for this dogfight scene, which is um, up to this point, I didn't really give a shit about this movie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the dogfight at the end, which they were actually fighting like an enemy, which I kind of came out of nowhere for me, and I had no idea they yeah. were on a mission. Yeah. Yeah, they they were um, Russian MIGs at the time. They they actually said it, which will you know we can compare that to what happens in in Maverick also. But um, oh yeah, I, the, oh yeah. I'm on it, Joe. I'm on that, <laughs> brother. No, the uh, but the dogfight actually at the end is very cool. I mean, looking at it from '80s, looking at the technology, looking at like what they would have had to have done yeah. um, to to get those things. And it's also interesting you mentioning them talking and having the masks and essentially yeah. doing uh uh you know, uh, recording all the dialogue and stuff after the fact, that makes a lot of sense, but I actually felt pretty tense at times. I mean, this shit was pretty crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what, what was this like not only in the eighties, but well, actually, yeah. Like what was your experience last time you watched it and, and the times you watched before? I mean, does this kind of like hold up for you? This, this dogfight stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I mostly remember it being like, it, it was weird because I almost, I, I kind of feel like maybe, what happened through the rest of the film to almost took away from that last scene, just because 
they were all exercises, you know, like they were doing, they were just doing exercise after exercise. And, and it was like, okay, like, you know, there's simulations and here are things that we're doing. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, this is for real. And then it, oh. it literally like cuts. And now we're fighting these enemies and it's like, what's happening? Like what, oh, what it is feels like, tacked on bro. Yeah. That's it's like, one why of my are we doing too. this again? It's like, okay, what, like, how do we know who wins? Like, you know, and, and it was, and it was always like the, the bad guys all had like, they were all black. I think their jets were darker colors and they had like <laughs> yeah. these, they had these like, you know, dark visors and, you know, they were very generic looking and it was like, oh, is that what like Russian pilots look like? I was like, that's kind of cool, honestly, compared to the weird and kind of almost like nerdy things that we had on their, you know, like how their helmets were. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, it's like, I want a cool visor. I want a cool mask over my, you know, <laughs> so, but yeah. You know, but it, yeah. it was, yeah, it was very weird and it, it was, I guess, tense, but it was, but it happened so fast. It was hard to even understand what the point was. It was like, it was like machine gun, machine gun, missiles, missiles, boom. Okay. We win. It's like, wait, wait, we won. And it's like, yes, it's like, we're yeah. cheering. And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, what did we win? Did we win a prize? Did we win the war? Was there a war? I don't even know. Did we rescue someone? <laughs> What's so interesting, though, is, as you know, there were a lot of uh, Cold War movies that came out that time, whether it's Hunt yeah. for Red October or this or yeah. I mean, even when I watched The Abyss recently, I mean, they're talking about they're sending military guys down to this underwater base looking for Russian submarines. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, that's everything. So I think there's probably I know you were alive then, but you were also young. So who yeah. knows how in like much you understood those things. Yeah. I think there's probably just like an understanding of it. But but the the tacked on ending is still something you can't just like justify because it really does come out of no. I had no idea at first they weren't in another training because they do it so much. Yes. That. Yeah. Uh, so when I say I felt tense at times, let's understand this is an exclusive moment uh, in the movie that I just felt tense just for people's lives in general, the stunt people, because yeah. it seemed really tricky. But you're right. I mean, there's no real story uh, beats or anything that kind of leads to this being any kind of weighty thing. Yeah. It's just let's show off. Uh, let's show, you know, all the protagonists that we've been around. Mm -hmm. Let's show them get real sweaty you know about it all and then yes. like win you know what i'm saying i don't yeah, know yeah um so it's it's just it's a weird thing but it's just really cool to me how people can make these planes do some of the shit and we're going to talk more about yeah. this of course because uh it only gets crazier from there mm -hmm. um but my, my last question for you on this and then we'll hop over to top gun maverick and we can kind of call back to this if we need to sure but uh my question for you is i know that you watched this last year mm-hmm uh, but does this movie hold up for you? And however you want to interpret that phrase, does this <laughs> yeah. hold up for you or, or where do you stand with this movie now? Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, I was nine years old when it came out, uh, when Top Gun came out. So yeah. And you were a military brat, right? Yes. I, yeah. So I, I was an army, an army kid and, um, at, you know, the, in the summer of 86, I actually, I actually lived here. Um, but I, you know, I had lived in on Fort Bragg and, and my stepdad was a paratrooper, um, in the 82nd airborne. So he, you know, we used to watch him like jump out of planes, but, but fighter pilots, you know, was, you know, and obviously the, the Navy here and their fighter pilots and things. And so, um, the, the dynamic is a little bit different, but you know, a, a military base, I would assume is a military base, but, um, but it was, you know, it, there wasn't a lot of the, 
the vibe of this movie wasn't necessarily like the vibe of my life at the time. So it, you know, I didn't have that sort of connection to it, Sure. but the, what I mostly saw it as, I, I think it, it today, it is still what it was then, which is just like, I, I don't, I don't even know what to say. It's like a feature length music video almost. <laughs> um, and it's kind of true, you know, and in that, and in that sense, I would even call it like, and it's even a product of the eighties. Like even today, music videos can have, you know, pretty intricate stories, you know, that, that are, that kind of coincide with the song. But in the eighties, it was like, shit, we got to make a, a video for this song. Like, let's just like do something, you know? And it's like, you know, you look at like a, a journey video and it's like, okay, well, we'll just have the guy standing there and they'll be like singing into the camera. And then we'll just do a lot of cuts to make it look cool. And yeah. it was kind of like, that's what this was. It's like, let's make it pretty. You know, and of course, this was a, a Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer um, film, you know, and, and of course, Jerry Bruckheimer, you know, influenced, you know, his style influenced movies, you know, t- that go through today with, you know, Michael Bay sure. films and things like that. So, um, you know, that that style, this was like one of the first examples of that with just quick cuts and it's very shiny and flashy and there's a lot of glistening and you know that there weren't that many like lens flare kind of things in Top Gun, but you know that that look that sheen to the movie was certainly there. So yeah. it's um you know that this is if you watch that kind of that evolution over the next twenty years after this movie came out, you can be like, oh okay, that's how this happened. Um, so it, I think it I think it still is. You know, it's not a movie that you watch and and you're like, well, this isn't as good as I remember because because it was never that good but it was very but it's very watchable quickly digestible you know and you're like okay well i felt things sort of for that movie in the way that they're like (laughs) yes here's romance here here's action and the end (laughs) you know and you're like yeah okay so you know it's it's you know it's it's oreo cookies you know in movie form if you want to say yeah Um, yeah it is weird because whenever when danger zone kicks in uh and all you're seeing is the um they do this in a new one too, but uh, mm-hmm. all you see is the uh, aircraft carrier yes. or whatever, uh-huh. and uh, all these planes shooting off of it real fast, yeah. and all these like guys in like you know suits and helmets, uh-huh. you know, just like going like yeah, and they're like yeah. throwing their yeah. finger around, like giving yeah. thumbs up, and like you know, it's like uh-huh. um, it's like a weird fucking. Pepsi commercial or something from the (laughs) 80s you know what I'm saying yeah like I'm expecting a thumbs up and then it cuts to a can of soda so yeah it's like it it is such a bizarre experience and like I said you know watching it with a friend of mine who had the nostalgia for it it was a lot of fun I feel like if I had watched this by myself I would not have had as much fun Um, so I feel like I have to watch this with people Mm -hmm. um, because like I said I think the movie kind of sucks but I can laugh at its expense though oh yeah (laughs) and I actually thought the end for even for the 80s and everything was uh it was still a pretty good fight it just had no weight like you said you know what I mean um but uh we'll see if that actually ends up sizing up here with Mm -hmm. the next film we're going to talk about Top Gun Maverick which came out this year um, I'm excited to talk about this. We'll see how we where we stand on this when we come back. All 
All right, Top Gun Maverick from 2022, of course, directed by Joseph Kaczynski. This is the guy that brought us the other Tom Cruise sci-fi movie, Oblivion, as well as the Tron remake or uh, uh, sequel, Tron Legacy. Uh, it's written by Peter Craig, cast Tom Cruise, Jennifer Connelly, Miles Teller, Val Kilmer, and John Hamm, as well as others, of course. But uh, I think... Um, uh, uh, Ed Harris is in it as well. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, release date, May 27th, 2022. So just, you know, uh, a little over a week ago. Uh, the budget was $170 million, And usually with new movies, I don't do budget and box office. But this already has $434 million. And it's Ooh. only been out for a week. So that's only going to go up from there. Uh, this is in theaters only, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but um, I from is, what yeah. I see, it's only in theaters. Uh, so you can check that out if you want. But after more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Peter Mitchell is back and uh, where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. This film uses Every bit of updated technology to pull off its action sequences and actually uh, adds a much more plot-driven story, actually, in many ways uh, than the original did. So, Joe, my question for you when it comes to Top Gun Maverick, mm -hmm. is it simply a nostalgia booster or does this have something more to offer? I think it... I think it's kind of both. <laughs> I think it, I think it's certainly meant to be a nostalgia booster. I mean, it's if the movie is structured a lot like um, the original, but it does correct some of those big flaws. You know, the it, it's the it, it's sort of the opposite where it's like the you know the the main plot of the of the movie is like who's going to be the best, who's the best pilot. You know that that's the original, and this one it's like hey these are the best pilots and it doesn't really matter who's going to win because we're doing this mission thing. Yeah. And they, you know, whereas the, you know, the first Top Gun had no almost, you know, like we said, you know, we were just saying almost no explanation as to what we're doing. It's kind of like, Hey, okay, we're done. Iceman wins. Now we're going to now. Oh, here's a, here's a dangerous mission. Go, you know, and it's like, they're flying, but it's like here, it's like they go to these great pains to, to, do and redo like showing us what this this mission is going to be it's like you have to wind through this tight this tight cavern and then you got to go up this mountain and you got to you know you got to do your your barrel roll and then you're gonna you know then you gotta like you know you got a death star shoot this you know this thing and then you gotta do it again <laughs> yeah. and then you gotta survive and there's gonna be missiles and they're, they're like hey this is what's gonna happen whereas in, in the original one it was like okay mission and it's like jets, 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 you know, but here it's, there's, it, they lay out everything very carefully. And I think it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. They and, and actually did a really good job at, cause here, here's what I noticed. Okay. And we'll just jump into this, this, uh, the, the mission part real quick. Sure. In Top Gun, the original, that is non-existent. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but in this one, early on, you get all of the best pilots, like you said, and even they suck at this mission yes do you know what i mean like yeah. the best pilots you have can't do this thing yeah so i felt like once when they lay it out to you it seems kind of complex almost convoluted like you almost mm -hmm. don't fully grasp what's going on the first time they say it but luckily they kind of beat you over the head periodically with what you have to do 
to accomplish this, like to succeed at this mission. Um, yeah. Hold on one second. Pause. And uh, I felt like the the mission was uh, it ended up being like kind of a really intense thing because at first everyone's like, oh, we can do it. We're the best. You know what I mean? Yes. And then um, but they they, you know, they start doing time trials, basically. Like, can you do this thing and under this amount of time at this uh, elevation mm-hmm. um, and all of that? I just thought that I just thought like all of the because in the first one was who's the best pilot, like you said. Yeah. But in this in, in Maverick. It's much more about like we're going to die if we don't do this. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like they're they're like stakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And dude, listen, I, I'm I'm just gonna out like right now. I don't think Top Gun Maverick's like great cinema here. Okay. No. But yeah. I I fucking had a great time with this. And looking on Letterbox, you and I actually rated it the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, th- I had a great time with this movie. Okay. I I I felt it. I went along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was good, but. Uh, I think part of that is like just knowing what the fuck is going on. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Um, and and it's it's like about something else. And uh, so uh, the I just think this movie is way better than the original. <laughs> um, like way better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I would never watch. I don't really have any interest in seeing the original again. That's yeah. how I feel about the original. Sure. Uh, I don't regret watching it, but I just have no interest in watching it again. Uh, <laughs> but like this one, it's like, sure, I'll watch it. Like it was it was exciting and fun in the way that something like uh, the like the like Creed. Yes. You know, like the, the new generation of Rocky stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't think that's like great cinema, but I fucking love those movies. Yeah. Like Creed yeah. one and two are awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't again, there's the differentiation between I don't really think these are like great movies. Mm-hmm. But I just they hit me on some level that I find very entertaining and and I'm like susceptible to whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And this is this is just one of those things. Um. And and I I honestly I didn't expect to care for it that much. I thought that this would be a great opportunity for me to have a movie I don't like and that you like because I thought maybe <laughs> you would like this. Yeah. And then it ended up not being that way, <laughs> and uh-huh. and that we're both like on the same page because sure. um it was so fun, but. Um, so, so let me start here, uh, real quick, because I'll, I'll come back to, uh, like dog fights and, and training and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to say this because this is like a lesser important thing for this specific movie. I like that. They actually kept some of the music from the original. Yes. Yeah. Like normally that shit's really annoying to me. You know how I feel about just like pandering to nostalgic audiences and stuff. Yep. But there was something that kind of like fit for me here. How'd you feel about them kind of reusing danger zone and, yeah. and some of the actual motifs and themes from the score? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the very, the very first thing that you see for the movie was the, you know, it, it does the, you know, the, the toll, you know, from, from that score, right. The beginning, you know, as the, the Paramount logo is coming up, and it's like, oh, cool, because that, that theme is so cool. Like even like now that theme is just perfect. And it was very cool to see it, uh, to see it come in. But um, it, it it was almost awkwardly um, kind of homaging the original with with the, you know, the same like card that comes up at the beginning that explains everything. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. And they call it, you know, colon. And then it's like, Top Gun pops up on the, you know, and it's so like, 
goofy because it, because it's like if you look at the wording of it, it's so awkward because it's like they still call it you know now it's called now the navy calls it this, but the but the pilots still call it, and then it's like you know then there's like this little pause and it's like Top Gun, and then the Maverick like pops up below <laughs> yeah. it. So and I was like, so they call it Top Gun Maverick? Right. Is that what they call? It? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's such a stupid nitpick, but I really was like, this is like I get what you're doing, homie, yeah. but this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's just it's like no, this is this is the kind of thing that somebody could should suggest, and somebody else would be like. That's the dumbest idea. No, don't do that. Just pop up Top Gun Maverick and let's just move on. But um, yeah, and then it and then it kicks right into Danger Zone, which I believe is how the the original begins too, right? It it goes right into it, and, and it's the like you said, it's the you know grounds crew guy. It's like gesturing and waving and thumbs up and saluting, and the pilots are strapping on their masks and their helmets and and pushing buttons and flipping levers and shit and it's just like yeah, and then jets 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 <laughs> jets 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 yeah yeah and, and it's just like it's like cool yeah this gets you in the mood um and, and then it's just like but is it gonna just be this like it's just gonna be basically a remake of the original with tom cruise is now old but and and the answer is yes and no because you know like we said they they fixed a lot of stuff there's a couple little extra things, but, um, but I, yeah, it, it worked. It was, you know, it, it worked in the sense that it, I guess in the way that the original worked as a movie that it was just corny as hell. And we just, did you think that this was that corny? I'll tell you the one scene that I that, thought was this corny. part of it was, Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Th- okay. This okay, part okay, of okay. it was, I thought. Yeah. yeah I, I, there, I agree with you there. I agree with basically you. Basically all the nostalgia stuff I felt like, well, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Go, I, Especially I when I know Go what ahead. you're going to say, like for your moment. So, so I'll let you ask it, and if it's not, I'll come back to it. <laughs> but what, what about what about whenever they all meet at the bar? <laughs> and That's it was moment. this moment where I go, "Fuck, I'm not going to like this movie." Because, dude, yeah. we had just watched Aliens, and Bill Paxton is so fucking annoying in that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, but he's just like. God damn it, man! They're gonna they're gonna fucking eat my arm or what? I don't know. Like whatever the fuck Bill Paxton yeah. says, he's just fucking annoying to me. Yeah. yeah. So um, in that movie at least, uh-huh. and um, and so I I just kept like every time someone would say something, uh, in the bar. Like there's a point where I I believe the name was Phoenix. Uh-huh. It was like, what's up, Hangman? Yeah. And then, well, she, and then she calls him Bagman like, at first. Which or Bagman, yeah. And he's I like, name's that. Hangman or what? Yeah. You know? And it's just. It's just, I just kept leaning over to my buddy and just going like, man, like like <laughs> yeah. Bill Paxton, because I was like, this shit is like some stupid Bill Paxton bullshit. Yeah. Um, and that part was like, I just really thought this shit was going to be so, so uh, corny. Did that scene stand out to you when you first meet all the pilots? That's exactly what I was going to say. And for yeah. me, though, it was the moment when Miles Teller sits down at the piano and, you know, they, they like pull the plug on the jukebox, which it's like, would they have a jukebox like? They, you know, they have the the jukeboxes now where you like have an app on your phone where yeah. you can just like, you know, like that's what like a lot of bars have now. And it's like, that's kind of fun. But they had this old fashioned jukebox and they had to like pull the plug and everybody's like, oh, you know, and they had Jennifer Connelly with her with her bar and her goofy, like bringing the bell and you got to buy around for everybody if you do these stupid yeah. things. And then and they all of a sudden like pull the plug and um miles teller sits down at the piano 
And then, you know, like this is when Tom, you know, Tom Cruise is like kicked out and he starts playing great balls of fire, which is, you know, which is the callback yeah. and, and Tom Cruise yep. gets all wistful. And it's like, that's the point where I was like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> you know? And I don't think it's actually played. Uh-huh. It's not like cringy like the original was, but I agree with you. It's corny. Yeah, I didn't yeah, think so. At least just, I didn't think so. On the nose callback, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Why couldn't 100%. he have just been playing? I don't know. He could have been playing any song, and Tom Cruise would have, because they, you know, they they Anthony Edwards up Miles Teller a lot in this. He's he's even got like the cheesy ass mustache. Yeah, he doesn't wear that well, and it looks really goofy on him. But dude, I, there were parts while, by the like, end though that I that he actually reminded me mm-hmm. of uh anthony edwards yeah yeah and i actually and, thought he like pulled it off yeah yeah and he did and and the thing of it was was that the the thing i did appreciate about it was that they they made him sort of look like him in a superficial way with like the, the mustache yeah. but he was he was not just the same character right he wasn't just the same smarmy like smart ass you know i'm gonna say all these things he had this different vibe to him that that kind of tracks with the you know, like my dad died when I was a little kid, you know, he was, he was yeah. sort of sullen and he was kind of a misfit in a way, I guess is the, you know, in the, in the terms of that, that larger group. And he was kind of like the guy who just barely made it. So he was kind of just barely the best of the best. And, you, you know, it, there's, and of course, you know, the, the relationship between he and Maverick, obviously, you know, we, we will probably get into it. Yeah. Well, a, a little bit, I don't want to, I don't, this is something I don't want to spoil because it is so new, but uh, there, the, Let's just put it this way. So, Miles um, Teller plays Rooster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rooster is Goose's son. Goose, yeah. of course, died in the first film, mm-hmm. and uh, and Rooster is is pissed at Maverick. Yeah. And this doesn't really ruin anything. I'm just telling you guys. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think it. I, so, I don't even think it would ruin it to, to tell them why, if, if necessary. Yeah. But it's it's so, don't really get into it till later. But I think it. You know, it's still yeah. Like, well, well. All, all I'm all, all I want to say is the whole time you think it's because Rooster. I I thought at least my interpretation huh. is it felt like Rooster blamed Maverick yeah. for his father's death, mm-hmm. and then you learn it's something else. <laughs> yeah, and I appreciated that actually, to be yeah. honest, uh-huh. the the little swerve there because in in the original film, like Meg Ryan plays Goose's partner or wife, I believe, and and uh, of course you know. Uh, Roost a young like you know what five year old rooster or whatever you know is in that movie as well. Yeah, it's not Miles Teller, but you know whoever. And so the the thing is like in my mind, I'm like, why would he hate Maverick so much for this when mm-hmm. you are now a pilot, so you know what the risks are, you yeah. know how things could go wrong, and your mom didn't blame Maverick, so you haven't been brought up being told that maverick killed your dad yes so i just didn't fucking buy it and when i realized it was something different that did make sense Mm -hmm. i was like so on board dude yeah yeah (laughs) like i'm surprised how on board with this movie i was because they would just do little things like that Mm -hmm. little differences i agree with you all of the though i did actually like i said i like that the music came back which normally that annoys me Uh but there was something just like cheesy about it yeah that i was into um, I did not like the bar sequence where we meet all of the characters, though I like Bob. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Bob uh-huh. is awesome. I actually <laughs> yes. really like Bob. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, but aside from that, though, yeah, I, I the movie kept kind of doing these little things, and I want to talk about a few of them here. Mm-hmm. And and please, like, jump around wherever you want to go as well. 
but but there are a few things yeah, that man. it does really well one of which i was surprised on on how it would play out because i actually didn't know val kilmer was in this movie uh beforehand mm-hmm. and uh for those of you who don't know uh there was a documentary called val you should go check it out uh here in a moment i'll look up where it is because yeah. my computer's been I, I stupid say it's right amazon now. prime yeah i can do it while you're talking yeah do that yeah and let us know where val i think it's amazon prime as well yeah but uh, Val's a great doc. Uh, it was awesome. It tells you the kind of it kind of walks you through Val Kilmer's career and his life, um, but also much like uh, they did with life itself with the Roger Ebert thing. It's yeah. constantly a juxtaposition of his old life uh, as an actor growing up to where he is now and then his current life where he's battling cancer. And he had a, a throat cancer that caused him to uh, not be able to speak well. We'll say it that way. Um, he, he He has to. It, uh, the way he speaks is kind of comparable to me whenever you have people who have uh, smoked a long time and they get a hole in their throat yeah, and they have to hold the thing up. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think he think actually has a tracheotomy. He does. He does for sure. That That's that's. Yeah. So it's the same thing. So uh, I was like, how the fuck are they going to have Val Kilmer not speak in this? Because, I mean, you can do it, but I'm like, how? How? You know? Yeah. And so, like, uh, I would again. This doesn't really ruin anything, especially if you you should know that Val Kilmer is suffering from this in general. Yeah. And so, uh, luckily, he's cancer free now. Last I heard, as of last year, he had he was in like remission. So that's great. But in this movie, I'm like, how are you going to do this? Because because Maverick's texting Ice, as he calls him, yeah. in this one, he's texting him throughout the movie. And part of the way through, you realize that in the like the character of Iceman's battling cancer. And he can't talk very well. It hurts him to talk. So whenever they have a conversation, it's usually through text or whenever they actually meet up in person, he types on a computer and Maverick reads it. And I thought that this scene, when it started off, the scene seemed a little weird. Like I I couldn't quite adjust to it. Yeah. But then like I kind of dug it. And part of it was probably because I know Val Kilmer's situation. Mm -hmm. And then there's another part of me. I think that was just like, because because he'll type something and then Tom Cruise is like equally as emotional as he was as if someone said something to him, mm-hmm. you know, like he's playing off someone, but instead he's playing off of a screen with text. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just like felt weird at first, but by the end I was like, that was like kudos guys. Like you yeah. did a good job with that. Yeah. I thought that was good. And then whenever Val Kilmer talks, I can tell you right now, he does not sound like that unless they've done something. And I found out that uh, just last year, I believe it was mm-hmm. um, they, uh, I'll, I'll read you the the thing I had pulled up in 2021 after complex work. Kilmer's voice was able to be recreated through AI technology using archival audio yeah. of his voice, which is interesting. So I don't know mm-hmm. if he actually yeah. spoke in this movie or uh, if he just like spoke and they dubbed him over. Because if you watch that doc, he yeah. does not speak as clearly as he does in that fucking movie. And I don't know if that's just EQing or what. Yeah. <laughs> um, but is is Val on uh, Amazon Prime? Yeah. It, it is. Yeah, it is Amazon Prime. Um, yeah, I, I was looking at the IMDb um, entry here now, and it, it's, uh, it looks like it's Amazon Prime. Um, so, yeah, and if you have it, it's one of those ones. Yeah, it's free to watch if you have it. So, yeah, so be um, yeah, go go check that out if you haven't seen it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it was, it was handled with a kind of a surprising, um, bit of a, a sensitivity, I guess, is the way to say it. Like he, you know, he's, there's, there's a certain reverence to him 
which is weird because you know he has such a reputation of being such an asshole you know like like yeah. back in his prime and it and it's it's really fun and, and kind of i guess kind of heartwarming because he was you know he was a big star you know he he and he yeah. had a lot of you know memorable movies and i was like man like look at him um and, and it's i don't, I don't want to call it a courageous performance because that's you know that's i don't know it's kind of silly but it'd be an it, overstatement but i get him. what you mean by it yeah it, it was fun to see him here and it's um uh sort of a lack of vanity in some ways you know to for him to be able to to come in and, and do this role the way that he did um especially this character which was such you know um you know obviously he's he's gone through a lot of growth in in this 30 years so um it, it was fun to see their you know their antagonist sort of relationship in the original movie turned into this great friendship um and, and it was fun that he essentially is like the guy saving maverick all these times when he gets in yeah. trouble for doing the dumb stuff that he does over and over so um so yeah it, it was it was neat yeah and i and i agree that the texting was a fun bit to keep the character out there but also not have him on screen um yeah. so it kind of you know it kind of grew that relationship in a um you know, in a, in a more natural way and in a more modern way too. Yeah. Uh, I think that's important too. And I think Iceman due to the progression, I won't say much more than this, but due to the progression of his character throughout this film, I think the texting was really important. I think it's important that we get one scene in person and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Because of um, yeah, just how his character uh, develops through that. Yeah. And, and um, uh, another thing sticking to, cast real quick and then I'll, I'll get into kind of more of the the meat and potatoes of the movie i guess um i i have been a huge uh, well let me let me rephrase that i have been a miles teller fan oh yeah uh since he did uh god I, uh the spectacular now that was the yeah, movie yeah. that i first saw him in uh-huh. and uh i was a big fan of that movie that was in um i don't think it was in my top 10 of that year but top 15 it was I was a big fan. I thought he was such a believable character for what he was doing. I also liked him a lot in Whiplash. Of course, Fantastic Four and shit, he's terrible, but it's not his fault. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's a bad movie, but yeah, I enjoy him. Yeah, yeah, he's a a guy that I really like. um, That, um, yeah, he he doesn't have... I, I wish he was a little more... I wish he was a little more famous. I think, and I'm like looking at his um his filmography and i think rabbit hole was the first thing i saw him in it which is a, a very yeah. good like under the radar kind of movie from 2010 um but it, i think that's the first thing i remember him from but yeah uh whiplash he is spectacular um and and yeah this spectacular now um yeah and, and he's been in a bunch of things a lot of and some of them are kind of movies where you might be like oh i kind of remember that movie you know but, yeah yeah yeah, I mean, he he did what a lot of young stars do is whenever, you know, you'll do, you'll start off doing whatever you can get. He did a bunch of shorts. He did TV, did Rabbit Hole for his first feature, mm-hmm. you know, and you get what you can get, right? He did the Footloose yeah. remake. He did, but then he did stuff like, you know, Project X and 21 and Over yeah. and Divergent. And he's building himself up to be able to make better choices because at that point, you just take what you can get. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you build your career. And then once you get to a certain point, you can turn down shit. Right. Uh, so who's going to turn down Top Gun Maverick with right. where he is or Fantastic <laughs> Four, no matter how bad the script is or, you know, like these are these are like high level 
movies that are going to give you a certain experience that you'll likely need. Unfortunately, his best movies are these kind of smaller. Uh, Whiplash isn't small. Of course, it won like awards and it was up for Oscars and all that shit. Yeah. But I mean, like they're much more subdued. They're not like blockbusters. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I think his performances are just so much better. And I just think he's one of those up and comers that will just be so great as he continues to get better. And I just want to like talk him up. Um, here, I think he does well, um, but he's just not given a ton to do here. I mean, he is very much Goose's son, and that's yes. pretty much it. Uh, um, but how, how do you feel like they, also being a fan of Miles Teller, how, how do you feel like they uh, used him? Yeah, I, I think it was I think it was good for the most. I, I think they could have given him more to do. Um, he, he uh, is, you know, he feels like, I don't know. It, it instead of being a co-lead, it feels more like he's a, a tool in a way, not a tool in the sense of like. An no, no, no. Yeah, he's a he's, <laughs> he's, he is he's a, a placeholder basically to represent yes. something to develop Maverick more than his character. Yeah, yeah. And I would have liked to have seen him be um, a, a little stronger character on his own because I mean, you know, I mean, face it, his his character was essentially there to be sullen and, and yeah, and and be angry at Maverick. And, um, you know, and, and he comes off as, as sort of a baby, I think, especially early on. Um, and, and I, and I was the, the first thing that struck me, you know, you talked, we talked about Creed a little bit ago. The first thing that struck me was the, um, was the question of whether the, the age, the, the age matches up with the timeline here. You know, of course no. in Creed, it was like, it was very <laughs> questionable. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you remember in Creed, it was like, now wait, how could how could Apollo Creed have had a, a kid who was as young as Michael B. Jordan's character? It, you know, but he died point. in 1985 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, but wait, he's only he only looks like I don't know. He's 20. Like it doesn't quite match up. Uh, Miles Teller was born in 87, so he would have, you know, he was his character was in the original Top Gun and was about five. So yeah, he would he would have been like about 40 at this point. You know, like close to 40 right now, and and he's. And of course, there you know there there's a little thing that kind of indicates maybe he's a year or two older than than some of the other people, but yeah, there's at the same time it's he still looks young, you know he still seems yeah. to be young. He's he's I think he's still meant to be in his twenties, which is you know what you just kind of don't think about. You have to, it's one of those things you got to shut that off and be like, okay, I'm just not going to think about that. And once you do, yeah, it's I, fine. But I thought about this after the fact. And yeah. I just chose to not let it bother me because, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, <laughs> it really is insignificant. But I agree with you. It's like it's like I actually never really thought of the Creed thing, but you're right. That makes sense. I didn't even like think about that, but here oh, yeah. I did. Yeah, because I was like, because I had just watched it, and um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to. to I don't know why they would do that too, other than like, because because you don't have to have young pilots for them to be the best. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, why right, couldn't yeah. he have been a little older than everyone? And just, you know, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I don't know. It's I, weird. I think it would have detracted maybe from the the coolness. I think it would have created a weird thing for him to be a, which may may have been good if they developed it the right way. But the script has been kind of bouncing around for several years, and of yeah. course, it was delayed a couple more years. And so, you know, it, you can kind of just see it. I don't know. There's there's maybe a touch of of screenwriting laziness in that that they didn't try to do something to update it a little bit sure, but it didn't sure. you know if, if you just you just kind of have to ignore it and and just yeah if, if you want to if you want to go at it just say tell yourself well yeah the script has been around for you know they've, they've been talking about this movie for years and then it's also been sitting on the shelf for a couple of years even now so you know 
if you know if you if you swing it around and look at it through this lens and close one eye you know you can kind of be like well okay whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah dude i mean yeah this movie uh you know i, I think the cast did uh, pretty well again it's, it's not i'm not talking about like uh my computer just made a noise i'm sure everyone just heard that but anyways um but uh yeah there's uh this i don't know how to explain it creed is just a really great example of mm-hmm. something that i again i don't think is great cinema but it's like a hell of a fucking good time and i i i, I mean i had a surprisingly good time yeah. watching this and and i'll say that you know part of this is probably i mean you have a traditional hans zimmer score here uh, like just listening to it, it's it yeah. is Hans Zimmer. It could be any of his scores. Um, wow. But you have uh, Claudio Miranda, who did the uh, director. He was the director of photography here, the cinematography. He also did Life of Pi, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. He did Oblivion and Tron Legacy with the same uh, director that did this here. Um, so, you know, you have some some people who can uh, carry the weight. Um, I really I can't get I just want to speak this out loud and then if you want to talk a bit more about this yeah, you're welcome to or not mm-hmm. um but there's a the fact that there's a plot here i think is really important and there's there's a plot both personal and mission based yes and um the seriousness of the mission i think made the movie have a lot more weight the personal mm-hmm. stuff outside of that mission is supposed to make you care i don't think it'll necessarily make everyone care mm-hmm. um i allowed myself by the end to care even though i don't think they did that they earned it if that makes sense. So like I was having such a good time. I was like, fuck it. Let's just have a great time with this. You know, um, it was one of those things. But um, I, I think they could have done a better job at earning it, especially um, when uh, one of the characters who's mad at another character, which I think after what we've said is very obvious. Now. <laughs> but um, whenever one character just kind of flips and they're just not mad anymore, I felt like interesting yeah. that was a pretty that was a pretty quick change things yeah. like that maybe lazy writing like you said like the lazy script writing thing from being passed around so much yeah um but i thought like the fact that they laid the mission out so thoroughly for us mm-hmm. helped me kind of get what was going on to the point of where i was just getting hung up on what mocks were yeah you know like what's a mock 10 like what does that do yeah yeah and, and, and when i say hung up i don't mean in a bad way i mean like it actually got me thinking about these things you yeah. know i'm like oh shit like what does that mean to happen to you um but also the personal side of it which was you know uh maverick's relationship with jennifer Connolly's character Mm -hmm. and uh all all of these things that kind of surface through that you also see um maverick actually for like the first time i think ever in tom cruise's career Mm -hmm. admits that he's getting older uh-huh. essentially i mean i don't think he outwardly says that but you you get they they comment on it constantly they're like oh wait you're just a captain you've been doing this for so long why aren't you uh-huh. like an admiral like why aren't you like yes. more than this right um uh-huh. and they talk uh you know he talks about kind of hanging up the old wings so to speak and just mm-hmm. like wanting to stop and so you you get a lot of acknowledgement of of growing older and being done you know what yeah. I mean? Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's I thought that was interesting. A good kind of like bookend, I guess, to this this uh, I don't even want to call it a franchise because it's one movie and now a sequel. But uh, <laughs> yes. this duology, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought that I thought that was good. And and I, I don't think a lot of this was 
truly like that effective per se. As I said, it was all kind of surface level, like most blockbusters for that matter. But yeah. it was just like enough for me. And and talking about that, we, we've talked a lot about the mission, but if you can kind of go into the personal stuff too, yeah. did you were you able to let yourself kind of be susceptible to this and just kind of go with it and have a good time, or or did it really just seem too surface level for you? No, I mean, I mean, and again, the you know the original Top Gun is all surface; like there is nothing, mm-hmm. you know, there is nothing below that. But um, yeah, here they they do a fine enough job of creating something, you know, to to feel, you know, he has Penny is is not Charlie from the first movie, you know, which honestly is a is a good thing. I think the way they do it, um, it it would have been, you know, this this could have very much been one of those movies where it was like, hey, look. Here's everybody who was in yeah. the first movie. It would have been so bad. Yeah, and it, it would have been way too much. It, it was almost too much the way it was, but it was. It would have certainly been too much, you know, to to just you know shoehorn in Rick Rossovich or you know have Tim Robbins show up and be like, hey, you know, like these, yeah, these I didn't even are... re- I didn't even remember seeing that guy in the original. Yeah, <laughs> but he's like <laughs> right. one of the top build guys. I'm like, who the fuck is Tim Robbins in this? Yeah, yeah. Ahead, sorry. It, it, yeah, no, and, and it was just like. It was it was it was nice enough to see you know Penny as Jennifer Connelly's character. She owns the bar um, where you know a lot of the stuff happens. They they kind of just it's kind of the the fighter pilot bar or the Navy bar or whatever. And and um, you know Maverick and her have a past and which they kind of gloss over. They they do they do a pretty good job of of showing that they have a past and that you know he's gone back to her a few times without without really like hammering it into the ground, you know, like, Oh, well, look, here's her daughter. Who's this certain age. And she's, you know, like, she's like, Oh yeah. Hey, look, Maverick is here. We've not seen him for a long time, you know? And, and there's just a couple of like nice beats and, but it, you know, that this, the, the one thing that kind of strikes me about this movie is that everything about it is cookie cutter to be, to be perfectly yeah. honest, you know, yeah. Every, not unlike Creed. Know. Yeah. Creed, same yeah. way. Yeah, and yeah, yeah and, and and it's funny because I I hadn't thought about Creed until you said it, and now that once you say it, I'm like, yeah, this just this is just very much a uh, yeah, just kind of a paint by numbers, just like that. But but it, in the same way, Creed just works. This just works. They they managed to infuse enough kind of actual emotion, and you know, do just enough to make it an experience that you're just not sitting there rolling your eyes going oh well here's the part yeah. where they do this or they they're like here's the part where they do this and then it happens and you're like okay that was still fun so um yeah i i bought into that relationship with them you know you know the part that i thought was was pretty fun and, and i don't even know if i need it's it wouldn't be any kind of spoiler but i'm not going to say it just because i don't want to give just too many details away but sure there's a moment where um penny and and maverick are, are having sort of a date and they're they're doing let's just say they're they're doing an activity and she's showing him how to do something you know like she's showing him yeah. do this thing that that he just has yeah. no experience in and i just thought it, and it was just a, a cute little quick moment um it wasn't meant to be anything big even just it, it's just like one more little tiny romantic beat um and and it worked really well to me i thought that's that's kind of cool just this one little scene um that doesn't mean really mean anything to the plot or to the, you know, to the story at all. They're just doing this thing. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, that was kind of fun. And, and it's kind of fun also to see Maverick in a spot, you know, because he's cocky as hell, right? Like even at this, <laughs> yeah. at this older age, he's still like constantly just doing this shit where, you know, an admiral comes and it's like, 
don't you do this and he's like oh i'm doing it and he does it yeah you know, and it's like he's gonna die except he doesn't because he's maverick and you know but here he is like in this very simple situation completely out of his element and it's like oh cool yeah so that kind of stuff just lifts it to a level to where i'm like yes that's that's pretty cool i didn't find tom cruise insufferable in this no yeah which i found him like a complete heel Mm-hmm. In, the, yeah. in the original oh yeah and i just yeah. didn't find it so there's almost like a level of humility mm-hmm. but he's still in there you yeah. know what i'm saying but it's like <laughs> yes. it's under like a few layers of humility maybe yeah um but it, it's funny you bring up like you're glad that they didn't bring all of the cast back uh-huh. because there are kind of like people in place of other cast members oh yeah like totally. like james tolkien is kind of the Ed Harris character. Yes, they're different people. Yes, they're different like right. people in command, but uh-huh. they kind of like play almost this like role. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or uh-huh. or um what the fuck's that dude's name? Uh Tom Skerritt yeah. is kind of the John Ham or yeah. well vice yeah. versa John Ham's the the Tom Skerritt. Uh-huh. So it's like there kind of is almost like a beat for beat with these characters too. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. you also get the um let me find that dude's name too. Uh Glenn Powell plays Hangman. Yeah. And he is very much the new Iceman or, or the new Maverick, however you want to look at it. You know what I mean? Uh, whichever. It, almost like an amalgam of the two. Yeah. Um, in a way. But uh, yeah, this was um, this was cool. There's there's one more thing I, I want to bring up uh, before we're done. And I can't talk much about it because it, it is related to the mm-hmm. end. But I just want to say this. We'll speak a little broadly, and then anybody who's seen it, you'll kind of get it. And if not, just like bear with us. We won't talk about this long. But um, I, I, yeah, I thought the end had a really interesting twist of sorts. That again, I won't ruin. Sure. Uh, but I will say that yeah. these dogfight sequences are fucking awesome. Personally, yes. I I thought all the shit once they start the mission was actually really awesome. Okay. It was. And yeah. um, but the thing is. You, th- there are kind of two ways the end could go, and you go, okay, it's predictable. It'd be one right. of these two, uh-huh. and then it just does a completely other thing. <laughs> yes, and uh-huh. I kind of loved it, even though much uh-huh. like the dogfight in the original, which isn't really developed and doesn't carry any weight, but it's just kind of cool as an exclusive, like basically a glorified YouTube video. Yes, um, like this is kind of the same way, where it happens. Uh-huh. You have the kind of turn like the little bit of a twist on what your prediction was something new happens yes now there are two people in a weird situation mm-hmm. but those two people's relationship are is completely different now right like, you know what i mean like, yeah. like it, it's almost like we're gonna put this in here and it doesn't quite fit but we're gonna kind of force it in here but yeah. i actually loved it so again speaking vaguely i know this is kind of annoying guys but yeah. uh speaking a little vaguely though with the end um uh, how did you feel about the dog fights yeah. And in comparison to the old, which I think these are a billion times better, just the way they're shot. I mean, of course, technology, technological advancement and all of that stuff, I understand. But, yeah. uh, you know, how do you feel about dogfights? How do you feel about that twist at the end? man? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was it was sort of. So, you know, I want to say that there's a lot of that the Deus Ex Machina stuff where, you know, like something like somebody's about to die and something sweeps in and saves them, you know, like. Like that happens a couple of times, which is like, great, great. That's fine. Like, okay, I expect that. Um, and and there is sort of this, yeah, this moment, there are these moments in this movie 
and you know this kind of goes through you know um I think that my favorite part of the movie is still the like the quote unquote top gun stuff where they're doing like that where they're flying against each other and they're just like yeah it's almost like they're not goofing off but there's a, a sort of a levity to it a comedy to it where they're 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 screwing around but they're still like they're they're practicing the mission uh well well even before well that, it's when it's too like yeah other. Yeah, it's twofold. It's there. You're learning about the mission as they train, yeah. but also they think Maverick is full of shit, even though he did this great stuff. He's not that person anymore. Yeah. And he has to win them over to accept him as their captain, which yeah. he does. Yeah. No fucking spoiler. Of course, you know yeah. that already. No. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So my point is, like, I get what you mean. It, uh-huh. It's like a twofold thing. Those are great moments. Yeah. 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 But then, and then like you said, we get to this. Yeah, we get to this um, climax. And, and yeah. And you're like, well. Yeah, it, it seems like, yeah, it seems like there's one of two things that are going to happen. And and then they're like, well, we clearly want you to think one of these two things are going to happen. But then something else kind of happens. But but maybe one of these things are still going to happen. And then, you know, and then, you know, the the end resolves itself the way it does. And um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was fun. And, and it was a moment where. You know, as as a as a movie goer a lot of times we'll be like, oh, well, I knew that was going to happen. Of course I knew that was going to happen. But they're clearly here playing with those expectations to where you really don't know what's going to happen. It could be any one of the, you know, it could be one of these two things. Even one of those two things is a, is a level of uncertainty and tension. And yeah. so, you know, if, if you're, if you're going to be, you know, kind of a, a cynical prick about it, you could just go, oh, well, I knew that was going to happen because I knew it was going to be one, one of these two things. But so many movies are like, either this character is going to die or he's not, or like the killer is going to lose or the killer is going to win. Like there's two, there's generally two choices, right? Like either this or that. So a, a movie, a lot of movies of this type would telegraph, you know, telegraph very, you know, blatantly these things that are going to happen. And then they give it to you or they'll or they'll do some things where they like they'll play with it. They'll give you like a little like fake out moment. And it's like, oh, well, this won't happen. And then, oh, now it will. You know, after you think, oh, well, this is safe to, to not happen. And then it does. Um, so it was kind of fun to see them playing with those expectations a little bit um, as things went along. And yeah. And then and then what ended up happening after it's just like yeah that was kind of a that is kind of a a left field sort of thing to happen of not really a top gun kind of moment to happen and it it turns into this like it it kind of in a way maybe reminded me of like the the newer star trek movies where people will be stuck in a weird situation and you're like this is very weird and unusual for this you know this franchise and then they and then they do something to tie it back in that's still is off the wall you know, but, and there's sort of a, this weird little bit of extra nostalgia and it's yeah. like, okay, well, this is still kind of fun and cool. Even if, again, it's very cheesy and very, you know, like it's very like on the nose and very unlikely, but okay. It's, but it ends up being just fun. And I, and I think it worked, I think it all worked and I, and I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. This is a, this is one of those examples for me, um, which it's not often, but this is one of those examples where the sequel surpasses the original. And uh, I do feel like you kind of have to see the original a bit um, to get a lot of that nostalgia or to get a lot of the beats. I don't think you have to. Like, if you haven't seen the original and you and your friends are about to go see Top Gun later tonight, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Maverick, I mean, uh, cool. Like, I think you'll be fine. It'll still be a good time because 
the things that work in this movie are not uh, exclusively tied to the original film, you know, and, and, and this movie does something more. So it's not hard to do more than the original movie, because as you said, Uh it kind of just is what it is. And it's like surface, right? (laughs) So like, yeah, everything about this movie yeah, it is kind of by the books, but uh, my thing, I, I always used to tell my buddy Riley, who's been on the show, uh, when I would write music, I would write, I used to write metal and hardcore stuff all the time, mm-hmm. and I would write a metal song, and it sounded like a lot of other stuff out, and at the time, Riley, he would listen to it, and he'd go, uh, man, why don't you try to write something more unique, something different that sounds like everyone else, Yeah, and I would always just be like, "That's a big compliment because I would I want to write what everyone else is doing, but I want to do it the best." So the fact that you just compared me to them means I'm going down the right thing, right? Of course, later my mindset on that changed once I kind of learned how to write those things. But it was a good like training process for me, right? Yeah. And and uh, with movies like this, because you could also say the same thing about like John Wick. Uh-huh. Or something like that's yeah. by the books, too. We've seen a million like tons of movies mm-hmm. that are exactly that movie. But yeah. what do they do? They add something to it. The, the the choreography and stuff was something that they like created for John Wick. Um, the way the story plays out, how effective all of those things are. If you can just do something that's been done before. But if you can just do it effectively, mm-hmm. which I recognize is, you know, largely subjective. But my point is. Like, to me, that's what Top Gun Maverick was. It's like, you're not doing anything different. I've seen this a million times. Mm -hmm. But, like, what you're doing is effective to me. Uh, In the same way, as I mentioned with Creed, I could bring up numerous other movies uh, that I don't really consider to be these just, like, they're never going to be in my top ten of the year. You know what I'm saying? Uh But it's like, fuck, man, this was a fun time. Yeah. And so I I, I actually hope people go check this movie out. you can see, like I said, you can see the original Top Gun on Amazon Prime. Uh, you might as well check out Val while you're there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then hit the theaters, man. Check out Top Gun Maverick, I think. would, would Do you think, this is my last thing, we'll finish on this, Joe. Okay. Uh, we've talked about we had a good time with Maverick, but is this something that you're glad was made or could this have just never been made and you'd be fine? Yeah. I mean, if it, you know, if it just didn't happen, it, I would, my life would kind of go on. I'm, I'm glad that it exists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm certainly glad it exists. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's a worthy follow-up um, to, you know, to a, like we said, a movie that's very iconic. And this is the thing about this movie is this movie is not going to ever be nearly as iconic as the original, no. like just because of the time it was made in that was, there's just so many things that work there. This is, this is just a solid, it's just a solid movie. Um, it's, it's, it's very fine it it respects the characters uh, and it it just it does what it does well enough to to be an enjoyable time at the movies um and and a movie maybe that you'll you'll like enough to watch over and over i mean i watched the original top gun dozens of times you know um you know over over my lifetime it was it was certainly one of the go-to movies of my childhood that you know i'm like hey i want to watch something that that'll make me feel a certain way i'm going to watch top gun sure so it's right there um it, you know again not great cinema as you would say but you know as you said several times but it's but it's good and it's entertaining it's fun and i enjoy it and i enjoy the people who are in it so so yeah th- this is this certainly holds up and and it's a worthy entry 
um, it, it's not it's not any sort of abomination, obviously, uh, just you know from what we're saying. Um, it, it's not some like something like Blade Runner 20, 2049 that is you know does something that's brand so new. Yeah. yeah, that's just so good in so many ways. But this, you know, this is a movie that's it's it's a lot better than it should be. I can say it like that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mo- most of these movies would would just be terrible, and, and this movie is way far better than than it should be. So so in that way, it's like yeah, absolutely, yeah. And go see this if you're any fan of the original. And you know, you mentioned um, whether you need to see the original or not. Like if you haven't, I think don't worry because they literally show you all of the yeah. key sequences from the first movie that you know that catch you up on the plot to the degree that you know you need to you know, that you yeah. need in order to to just watch this cold so yep um watch it watch the original if you can and if you can't then so what you know they'll they'll, they'll fill you in and you'll get the gist so um, yep. and it's not even a movie where there's like all of these little hidden nuggets of of things where you're just like oh like literally it's all there it's all pictures on the wall or you know a couple lines of dialogue and um it you know, it, and, and in some clips or cases, actual clips of the movie where, you know, you see Goose's death and you see, you know, the, you know, a lot of those, those sequences, even yeah. the, even Great in the bar, yeah. 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 <laughs> you see like the old sequence where they're playing and singing together in such good times. And, you know, and Tom Cruise is all wistful and sad. And now it's like, oh, his son singing the same song we sang, you know, yeah. and it's, so it's like, you know, yeah. it's, it's so uh, you, you see it. Yeah, yeah, this was, I thought, yeah, this was great. I'm actually really happy. Dude, you, you know me enough to know that I was not looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be terrible. Yeah. I really did. I just thought it was going to be really terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, So prior to seeing this, yeah, my life would have been a whole lot better if it hadn't been made. <laughs> I was just like, fuck this. Don't waste my time. Give me something better. Yeah. I'm glad it did. And as I've said many times, I always go into every movie wanting to like it. Mm-hmm. So regardless of any expectations I have, like I want to give it my all. And I did here and I'm glad I did. I'm really happy this exists Yeah, because I don't like the original so much. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah. like hate it. It's just so neutral to me. Like I don't get that. But again, I don't have the nostalgia a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't like it. And this just redeems it for me. Yeah. Like it makes it like something worth watching. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm into it. Uh, if you've seen uh, both of these, Top Gun or Top Gun Maverick, and you agree or disagree, please hit us up, Medium Cool Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also email us at mediumcoolpod at gmail.com. I will be right back. But, Joe, thanks a lot, buddy. Hey, thank you. You know, I, I forgot to say something about everything, everywhere, all at once that I want to give. Uh, I want to give props to the filmmakers, uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel uh, Shainert. Uh, I forget how to say his name, but the Daniels. Uh, that movie looks awesome. Uh, everything about it, even the special effects and everything. Special effects are obvious, like you know that they're not real, but uh, it, it's not something that's ever distracting because of the tone of the film. And I just think they just pulled off something a balance that is rarely captured and I just got to give them kudos for that. The movie looks great. It sounds great. You got to check it out. Also, uh, Top Gun. Go check out Maverick. Uh, Joe and I pretty much exhausted our discussion about Top Gun, both Top Gun movies. Um, not a fan of the first one personally, but uh, the second one is awesome. Um, I had a great time with it. Also, I'm doing an 80s marathon with my friend 
And uh, we've watched a bunch of movies so far. Uh, we started with Top Gun, of course, but then we watched Aliens, The Abyss, Predator, Over the Top, Lethal Weapon 1 and 2. Uh, I mean, it's been a complete blast. We're going to be watching more as we go, all different genres. I mean, so far we've kind of focused on a lot of like action and, and more like big time stuff with bigger actors or whatever. Uh, but it's going to be fun. I'm thinking about doing a, an, like a, a segment on these 80s movies. Uh, as I watch them, just just to kind of talk about them. A lot of the ones that we're uh, watching are from 1987, which is 35 years ago. Um, you know, obviously when we do uh, anniversaries that far back, we usually go by fives, right? So 35, 40, um, 82 movies from 82, like 48 hours or, or other, uh, you know, kind of classics of that time would be 40 years old, so I might have Joe on to do some 80s uh, uh, reviews, some retrospectives. But I'm thinking about doing some solo stuff, too, just to talk about some of these movies. I mean, I've also watched, I don't think I mentioned this, but I, uh, I may have said it, I don't remember. But I also watched Over the Top. That movie sucks. But it's like, it was a part of my childhood, and it was like really fucking fun to watch again. You know what I mean? So uh, I would love to do that. And uh, if you have any 80s movies that you're interested in me covering, I'd be uh, open to at least seeing what you have to offer uh, and then uh, seeing if we should put that on there. Because right now on our list, we have like 114 movies. And that's me taking off the movies we watch. So we have a lot of movies. I mean, we're really going to try to do this over this year pretty much uh, to knock out a lot of these um, these uh, 80s movies. So, and there's a ton of awesome shit on them, dude. Like, check out this list. And, and actually, I, I started my own, which kind of supplements a bunch of stuff that I'm not going to make him watch. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, I've never seen the 2001 A Space Odyssey remake, 20, or not remake, sorry, a sequel, 2010 from 1984. Uh, Baron Von, or, uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Uh, I've never, I've uh, actually never seen that. There's a Spielberg movie, always. It's a lesser Spielberg, from what I hear, but the cast is great. I would love to watch it. I have stuff like uh, Angel Heart and uh, Beastmaster. I grew up loving that movie, Beastmaster. And there's uh, stuff like Big and The Big Chill, Big Trouble in Little China, as you can see, I'm going um, alphabetically here. Bloodsport, uh, the De Palma film Blowout, The Blues Brothers, Blue Velvet, Body Double, Body Heat. Uh, man, I mean, there's just so much. There's also movies like Come and See on here. If you don't know that movie from 1985, you need to go look into that. It's fucked up. Uh, the Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. Uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors. Dead Poet Society. Das Boot. Defending Your Life, which is uh, an Albert Brooks, one of his movies. I have several of his on here. There's uh, The Cronenberg Outlier. Dead Zone. Uh, Evil Dead, E.T., Escape from New York, Ferris Bueller's First Blood, the first Rambo movie, uh, Footloose, Flashdance, Glory, Ghostbusters, uh, Heathers. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's kind of a who's who's list, right? Uh, who's who, I mean, list of, of movies. I have Major League on here. I have uh, Mishima, Life in Four Chapters. I have Pedro Almodovar's first big feature, Matador, uh, which I've seen, but I need to rewatch. Uh, my Dinner with Andre, the Louis Mal film that we talk about a lot on here. I would love to watch that again and make my I'm going to make my friend watch that one, though. It's like 90 minutes of talking and it's the fucking greatest. I have the Jackie Chan films, Police Story 1 and 2. I have Poltergeist. I have Pretty in Pink. I have Predator, which I already watched. Um, Purple Rose of Cairo, Raging Bull, the Indiana Jones movies, Reanimator, um, Return of the Living Dead, Risky Business, River's Edge, Road Roadhouse, Rumblefish, Robocop. I mean, there's just so much shit on here. Uh, Something Wild, 16 Candles, Stardust Memories, Starman, um, 
Tango and Cash, which I used to watch all the time. My mom used to love that movie because uh, she had a huge crush on Kurt Russell. And so I would watch that with her. But then there's Terms of Endearment and Terminator, Talk Radio, Streets of Fire, They Live, Thief, The Thin Blue Line, The Thing, Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, Time Bandits, To Live and Die in L.A., Tootsie. I'm, dude, there are just... It just never ends. Like, I just keep looking at this, and it's like, I'm so hyped to break into this. So my point is, uh, I'm just going to start watching shit. And if you want to know what's going on with what I'm watching, please go check uh, go check out Letterboxd. You'll find me, Austin Glidden. You can look at my uh, diary, as they call it, which will tell you what I'm watching, when I watch it, what I rate it, the whole deal. And you can kind of follow along if you want, because I don't know what we're going to watch. Like, the thing that my buddy and I have planned is that I'm picking one and he's picking one right so uh something to keep in mind but i've gone too long i've rambled long enough uh so i'm out of here thank you guys so much for listening thank you guys for being patient with my rambling um please take care i love you guys good night good luck take it easy <laughs>